out of the lungs. <sighs> wow, breath. It is life itself. But what happens if it stops? Today we're going to hear from a patient whose heart stopped and the breathing ceased to exist. She was rendered unresponsive. You know, when we speak of God's grace, we mean all the good gifts that we enjoy freely in life. Breath is one of them for most of us. By the grace of God, this patient is alive to tell her story. You know her. She's been heard here many times right here on the Inner Light Radio. Some of you have talked to her and shared your stories. Metanasa, my sister, my co-host, is here to share the story of when her breathing stopped and her heart ceased to beat. Oh, it takes my breath away. Stay tuned. Go nowhere. Because this is going to be a roller coaster ride. Today is August the 17th, and this is a live broadcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are on this great planet. You're listening to the Inner Light Radio, the healing frequency. My name is India Holloway, your host right here. I am a international colon hydrotherapist and iridologist the author of a book entitled, The Body Doesn't Know How to Die. And uh, as always, I'd like to, first of all, give a hearty shout out to our regular listeners who are always here. Today, you regular listeners are going to hear something very special. Um, And for those that are listening in for the first time, just know that What we're going to do is educate you on your body and life itself. I want to say hi and thank you to the men and women in uniform. Those that are always there and giving of service to the rest of us. So I really want to thank the first responders, uh, those people who are, are Johnny on the spot when we need them. And uh, while we're talking about first responders, I always give thanks to nurses and school teachers and, and anybody else who are out there rendering service to us. If you have a comment or you want to share anything with this broadcast or to this broadcast, please feel free to do that. You can call us at 310 
888-346-7733 or drop us a line at innerlightradio at yahoo.com. When I say we, I am talking about my sister, my co-host who's above dirt today to talk about her experience, Meta Nasa. Meta, when you called me a couple days after this adventure, we called it, Mm -hmm. uh, I stopped breathing myself. It was an amazing thing to, to hear how... A day of normalcy turned into a day of almost drama. reckoning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot of drama. Tell the really listeners what happened that day that started you off. Okay. Well, first of all, good morning to everyone or afternoon or wherever you are. And um, this was, you just never know, as India said, you... Just need to count your blessings and thank God for each and every day that you have. Because this started out just a normal day. I was getting ready to go for an appointment. And all ready to go, I was on the exercise machine just sitting there talking to a friend who had just called. I hung up the phone. But at the end of the call, this is significant. It got a little tense because she asked me, have you been watching the political arena? Now, I get all lathered up about it. So I said a few things and we hung up. My husband says, and I refer to him as Mr. So when I say that, you'll know I'm talking about my husband. He says, are you ready to eat? And then we will go. I went to stand up. I walked across in front of the big screen TV, and I'm still bent over. When he reached out for me, he says, come on, come on, stand up. And I went to stand up, and that's all I remember. The next thing I remember was there was a crowd of people around me looking down at me. They were the first responders. So, Meta. Mm-hmm. L- let's go back because now you can tell the story from from what Mario was telling you about what happened. Like he he was asking you to you know stand up. What were you feeling at that point when when he was trying to help you up? Were you going down? I was going down, and I did. I wasn't aware of that. Uh, but you could still hear him. I could hear him. I was conscious. And and so at the point of unconsciousness, were you on the floor? Yes. And and so you remember nothing at that point. I I remember only extending my hand to his. Uh-huh. And he had me under my elbow. And he said he's he said to me, come on, come up, come up, come on, stand up. And, and that's, that's all I, that's that's all all I you remember, remember. Mm-hmm. at that point. His story from that point was he bent over you and you were unresponsive. Right. Which right. meant to him what? I was not breathing. My chest 
or my abdominal area was not rising and falling. I was just out. He happened to have his cell phone in his top pocket and he dialed 911 and the dispatcher was prompting him and asking him, he has CPR training. So he is, he went into first responder mode. That's right. Okay. Plus he's an ex-military and he's very on command. Okay, so, and I do understand that. That's why I have such great respect for first responders. And in, in his case, a lot more respect for your husband than the law allows, okay? <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's my angel. Him, sure. there would be no you. That's right. That's or, right, because I was not atypical. Now, everybody has to understand this, that, there are two different times of, kinds of resuscitation. Oh. One is a cardiac resuscitation, and the other is a respiratory. Okay, but before we get to that, mm -hmm. let's just talk about how he, first of all, 911 is now on the line. He's right. moving through the maneuvers of first responders. He's mm -hmm. listening to your chest. He's feeling for a pulse. He's, he's listening for a heartbeat. No, was, it, was any well, of that there? The, it wasn't happening. The heart was beating, but uh -huh. everything else was not there. Okay. Oh, okay. So what did he do at this point? He, at, you're, you're not breathing. I'm not but breathing. The heart was beating. He did the compressions. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then he did the mouth to mouth. He blew in one time and I said, <gasps> and my eyes opened at the same time. Life was back in the body. Back in the body, but I started floundering around. Floundering like, like a fish out of water. That's like right. That's oh, right. So, so you were doing the funky chicken. I was doing the funky chicken on my back. Uh-huh. Oh, oh <laughs> but and and I didn't hurt nothing was happening. That's I just like was, a that's like a grand mal seizure. And he said when I went down on the floor, my tongue was hanging out. Wow. And my eyes were rolling back in my head. This was a seizure. This was a grand mal seizure because I became incontinent uh -huh. at that point. Uh, so, so incontinent, you didn't poop, did you? No, I peed. Oh, okay. All over my body. Uh, so now you're laying in a puddle of water. Mm-hmm. You, and that's what happens when there is a seizure sometimes, isn't there? That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. Now, now here's the mystery. When they, the first responders, I, I couldn't he hear them. I could hear them. At what point? Because he, he was on, he was on the phone with the operator and, and he was working on you. Right. At, at the same time. And right. then. Once he blew breath into me and I opened my eyes, my ears obviously could hear. So, so when you when you opened your eyes, did you keep them open? Yes. All right. Yes. And so I was listening to him communicate with the dispatcher. And then I heard a knock on the door 
And he said, they're here now. And they came in, they looked and observed me, and they checked the pulses and etc. Uh, they checked my glucose levels. They said that was fine. They checked my pulse. They said that was fine. They did an EKG. They snatched it out, and then they reread it again. Uh, it was very uh, systematic the way that they were working. Okay. But they could not get an answer relative to my condition. Um, because the heart was okay. The heart was okay. The heart was strong and beating well at this right. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you, you were talking about a little bit earlier about uh, the difference between a respiratory arrest and a cardiac arrest. Okay, cardiac now, meaning heart. The, the, yes. And the respiratory meaning your breath, what mm-hmm. you were speaking of on the intro, mm-hmm. the breathing mechanisms. You know, we have three essential things that we live by. And that is, number one, breath, the air that we breathe, as well as the uh, nutrients in our body, and water. And when those things are low, life ceases to exist. And so, because they could not find anything metabolically wrong... And my, uh, this was something interesting. They could not get a uh, a vein to give me an IV. So yeah, that's usually one of the things uh, they do when the ambulance is there. They want to put something in your body right. to sustain you until the hospital emergency room. Right. And, and they and they were looking for a vein. My veins are. Pretty healthy, let me just say. They would just cry to see my veins, but yours? I know. But see, the, the, the reason, you have to look at and track why these things happen. The reason, when my breathing stops, you know when they look at a patient in the hospital and they become brain dead, they say, well, nothing else is happening here. And going to happen because once the brain shuts down, it's over. Everything else suddenly starts to decline as far as the organs are concerned, the heartbeat. But the respirations, when they cease, there is a short in the brain. Now, with that being said, when I was walking across in front of the TV. Remember the show you had last week about the what? EMF. Electromagnetic field. That just popped into my head when you mentioned it for the second time that that you walked in front of the big screen TV. That's why I said it. Mm-hmm. Because between that and, now listen to this, folks. Most times, India, you did this in the car once when we were in L.A. Uh, years ago. You were driving this little uh, white car. And you said, we were trying to find our way to our destination. And you said, let me turn off the radio so I can see. 
<laughs> I what? still do that. Say what? <laughs> That's right. Uh, and so, I, going across the TV, and I was watching my medical show, trying to get up, but you you use all of your faculties is what I'm saying. And you use your faculties, and when one is off, it can have a chain reaction. It, it's or, like a short circuit, huh? That's right. Mm. That's right. And here's one of the things that we do on. Unnoticeably to ourselves, we stop breathing. Yeah, and that happens in a lot of cases. It's an autonomic response that the body has. It's it. You don't have to think about it. It just does. But when you're off circuit, if you will, then uh-huh. some of those things stop, cease to happen, and breathing is one of them. When uh-huh. when people are into, like I'm into the Olympics, uh, certain things are happening. I'm on the edge of the, the sofa and I stop breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, this track with me now, this is what's happening. I held my breath too long. I clenched my teeth as I'm standing up. That's the, that's the beginning of the trigger. When that, clench, that, was, that's, that was pressure on the brain. Uh, on the mandible. Which, which is? Oh, the jawbone, uh-huh. which connects to the, the nerve endings. You talked about the cardiac muscles. I'm relating my respiratory problem with the autonomic nervous system muscle uh, nerve endings. And all of it connects to the autonomic nervous system. So once I triggered it, it just had a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. That's why I was floundering on the floor because I had a seizure. It's, it's, imagine this, putting a pillow over your nose, over your face. You can't breathe and you struggle. You start yeah, because we're hardwired to uh, survive. Right. So the body went into survival mode. Okay, finally, I'm in the ambulance. They, they said, let's get her out of here. Did they find the vein before you left? No. Mm-hmm. That's why they said, let's get her out of here. Okay. And so from, from the time, I, I just want uh, folks that are listening to mm-hmm. understand from the time you had the sinking episode to the mm-hmm. floor to the time you were in the ambulance. Uh, how long did that take? Cause then from, the time, from the time the first responders arrived till the time we left. I want, I'm going all the way to the beginning. I think it all took about um, 20, 20 minutes. From the time you minutes. hit the floor to the time you got to the hospital. Right. Okay. No, no, it took at least 30 minutes. Okay. Boy, I tell you. 30 minutes. And in the ambulance, um, the, fir- the, the lady. First responder. She was, yeah, she was mm-hmm. so excited. She shouted, I got it. What did she get? She got the IV. 
She found the vein. She found the vein. Okay. But see, the veins had collapsed during all of this stressful drama that I was going through in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So things had, you know, kind of shut down. And they also discovered by looking at my table uh, in the kitchen that I was diagnosed as a diabetic. He says, oh, is she a diabetic? And my husband says, yes, she is. Well, without all of that information as well, I was diagnosed, and we'll talk about that on another time, diagnosed with, um, type autoimmune type 3 diabetes. Have you ever heard of it? Most people have not. And this is a part of my research for the book, The Mystery of a Disease, because I, I am not predisposed as a diabetic on any level. And so. Which, which, which means? Uh, I am not overweight. I am not a junk eater. I eat a diet that most people do not, and which doesn't consist of junk food, sugar, alcohol, smoking, none of this. And I exercise every day. So when like you're that. so when you uh, when your sugar level goes up, and it's up and it's. It's not characteristic of anything that should take your sugar up. No, uh, I can eat a piece of lettuce and it'll go up. Ah, uh, that's, that's crazy. Why, that's why, yeah, it's really crazy. And I have been all over trying to find out why. And all they would want to do is give me a medication. So if you know anything about, and we have said this before, medications, all medications have what? Side effects. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to front load an individual with medications because then you'll start chasing rabbits because they all have numerous side, side effects. effects. And the oh. side effects are really what causes most people uh, taking medication to get worse or just manage, or mm -hmm. uh, they will die from the disease or the medication that they're Side taking. Effects. There That's right. Mm -hmm. And um, here was one uh, thing that I forgot to mention at the onset, once they started taking my vitals, my blood pressure had shot up to over 200. It was, to, uh, to be exact, it was 201. By the time they got me to the hospital and all, everybody touching on me and feeling on me, it was two two hundred and sixty-three. Woohoo! You know. Well, well. Now I, I want to go back again to the ambulance and and mm -hmm. talk about uh, go all the way back to before they when they got you on a gurney, they wheeled you out of the house, and the uh, you're totally conscious at this point mm -hmm. what what are you feeling are you feeling like okay these people are touching me putting their hands on me stop touching me well yeah well you know i'm a little paranoid anyway having to have worked in the field 
and then uh, having knowing what they are going to do. And when they were looking down at me, let me go back to this. I was, you said, how did you feel when you were going down? I felt heavy. Uh-huh. When like, they, like dead weight. Dead weight. Uh-huh. Dead weight. When they were looking down at me, that was very, very airy. Very airy. That all of these people, I see all these faces unknown to me, and they were all in blue, uh, and I hear all of these different voices and beeps and whistles going off on them, you know, buzzers. And it's like an alien coming from out of space. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. You but know, you know go, go ahead. ahead. I, I was going to say, a lot of people have never heard things like this before, how mm-hmm. absolutely alien it is to be mm-hmm. in a position like that and the, and then to still think as you're going through it what's mm-hmm. happening uh, it seems to me that most people that are out of it in a situation like that are uh are out of it they don't even remember this stuff and if they do it's so hazy and they mm-hmm. can't relate one thing to another but you are mm-hmm. absolutely tying all this stuff together like you said okay so because i i'm in the industry i know basically what they're going to do next mm-hmm. when they were talking about putting uh iv in your arm what were what did they put in your body well see that was the another main key for them to know yes i'm diagnosed as a diabetic and immediately the guy pricked my finger took my glucose and said she's good Okay, that ruled that out. Then they knew to hang an IV that was not glucose. Because is that what they would normally give a person, glucose? Right, because the the body has naturally eight sugars that are on demand and natural to the body that helps the body to do its functions. Eight sugars. Eight sugars, common sugars to the body. The glucose is a natural thing to uh, insert into a person to infuse so that they can allow those sugars to do their job on command. I didn't know that. So had they uploaded you, front-loaded you with With the wrong wrong drip? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to think about that. But they did. She got the IV in, and she she was on standby asking me questions because as soon as they took me out in the atmosphere, I started moaning. She said, what's wrong? Are you in pain? I said, no. She said, are you sure? And she started touching my body. She pushed on my chest. She pushed on my abdomen. And I said, oh, good. And then she, I said, oh, now my my stomach my my abdomen she said what's wrong is there pain she had a needle ready to infuse some pain medication (laughs) and and i said no but it's gripping it's groping it's pulling something is happening here and i said now i feel nauseated so because you felt nauseous right what is she she injected something for i'm giving you something for nausea Oh gosh, she's saying. And you know, God said, Don't say anything. 
that's it. And I said, okay, uh, don't freak out because now, you know, I'm, I'm, even though I'm communicating, I am very anxious about what's going on. Sure. I'm just imagine I'm fighting for my life here. Yeah. So, uh, and when, we, when I was going out on the gurney, I remember reaching back for Mr. and saying, don't leave me. <laughs> <laughs> but we were separated because the, he says, I'll be right behind you. The, the ambulance was a compact ambulance. I don't know what that means. It was a small one. And I, so I, only, I've never seen a small They had barely room to get me in there and one person. Oh. So there were two people and me on a gurney. Uh-huh. So after that, we were um, at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she, I, I was listening to her give dispatch to the receivers at the hospital. So ER. Yes. The ER room was now receiving all your information, which they probably got in advance, Uh uh, communicated to them. And then, so it was repeated again. And at this point, it was now you're shifted from first responder ambulance people to the hospital people. That's right. Mm -hmm. And they put me in this little room. And there were four medical people there. And Working then the, on you. Yeah, they were setting up. You know, it's really funny because I don't, and you do not as well, see myself as a, a senior citizen, an elderly person, and because that's the way they refer to us. I swear and, to God, they do. And it's just driving me nuts. And, okay, and they they expect to treat you a certain way. They expect cardiac problems. They expect pneumonia. They expect, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But did they put you hook you up with another EKG? Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it was reading fine. Okay, so your was, heart is strong as an ox. That's right. So they had to find something else wrong with you because as that's a right. At this point, they're looking at heart failure. Right. Mm -hmm. Or something related. Mm -hmm. And so they're drawing blood, and this uh, young doctor walks in, and, well, everybody seems to be younger than us. (laughs) But anyway, I'm listening to, he, he starts to direct the conversation to Mr., because Mr. had shown up by that time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when he asked him a question, I could tell he didn't know how to answer it. So I answered it. And the doctor turned and looked at me, and he asked me something else, and I answered him. Oh, so he, he didn't even mince words. You were totally lucid. That's right. And aware at this point, even though your body was going wonky. Yes. Okay. And so we had the direct conversation. It was back and forth with not even a missed step. And my husband said, she's a nurse. And that's all he needs to know. He just went on and did and gave command to everybody in that room. They dispersed, went and got whatever it was he wanted him to do. And they were all over me. And then they dispersed. The left one person in the room, which was a young medical uh, nurse, 
And I, I saw him kind of shuffling his feet, and I thought, now the doctor just gave him a command, so now he needs to be about it. <laughs> so I said, what, I said, what is your name again, Tim? He said, yes. He didn't look up. He just said, yes. I said, Tim, uh, just so you'll know that we don't have to mince words, I've been a nurse for 47 years. So he looked over at me real quick and said, oh, and he got busy. So things were very rapid in what they needed to do, but they would not let it go. My blood pressure, as I said, had elevated to over 200. And, and it was still uh, up. It was it still was up, up when you were on at the flow. home still? Or on, on, the... on the flow. Okay. Yeah. When they took me out, it was 200 mm-hmm. plus. And it was, it was just above... 200. And that's pretty dangerous all by itself. Sure. So they had to stabilize that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. 200 over 95. Uh-huh. Now that's explosive. Yeah, it is. So they put me on the ward, and they were doing all kinds of things. Um, but what's, what's, really, what's really funny, and it's not funny, laugh, ha-ha funny, but you are able to track with everything from a certain point all the way through. Whereas most people in a situation like that, because they are uneducated when it comes to their body, unaware of certain things that should or should not be happening with their body, and all of these things combined could possibly um, destroy you or save your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a lot of people just let folks do whatever because they are the professional. And that mm-hmm. is why it is so important to understand how your body works, not how everybody's body works because everybody's not the same. But well, when, it- when the average person will take the time to know their bodies, they can live a lot longer, a lot safer, and with least amount of fuss. Mm-hmm. I had a lady come in yesterday, Meta, who is on a medication, and her medication has major side effects. And, um, it, and I asked her, you know, she's constipated, she's dehydrated, she's got dry mouth, she's got all of the symptoms that the medication is causing right. or something very simple. So I asked her, I said, because as I'm reading her paperwork and I know this medication, and I said, do you know the side effects of this medication? And she hesitates really too long. And then she says, no, I don't, which means she's had never checked it out in two years. Let me just say this out loud. She's a nurse. Mm. Okay, and Mm -hmm. she's panicking with all of these symptoms because she doesn't know that this medication is what caused all her symptoms. Mm -hmm. Ashamed, ashamed, Mm. ashamed. Well, you know, I can understand this because I'm not just a nurse. I have been an on-call nurse for many, many years. 
And that means I've been from hospital to hospital to hospital, unknown to me, sight unseen. They call me, I show up. And so that has made me a good diagnostician. So I can figure, I can troubleshoot in a heartbeat and figure things out. If a person walks across the floor, you can do this as well, Indy. Mm -hmm. We can tell by that person's gait mm -hmm. that something's wrong. Mm -hmm. When I, I'm just going to use this for an example because everybody knows this person. I could look at Hillary Clinton a long time ago and tell something was wrong. When I say a long time ago, when she was Secretary of State and before then, when she fell and hit her head, I said, hmm, wonder why she fell. And then why does she have to resign? And because of the fall, well, have you seen lately on the news where the media had the mics uh, trying to get her to respond to a comment? And so she had a seizure right there. She had a slight seizure standing there, and she was still in operative mode of talking, and she came right out of it. So there's something else going on. When President um, Reagan had, uh, before he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, I could look at him and tell he had it when he went to make a comment to uh, a question, he says, oh, I forgot. And they started laughing. They thought he was making a joke out of it. But he, he really did. He had that look. And so for me, it's very special in the blessings, like you said, that God has given me to have the gift and the talent to do that, to be able to ward off or to prevent something from happening just like we do with iridology we can look into somebody's eyes and tell what's going on from head to toe that's a gift not many people have that so because you have a title as a medical person um and and or mr doctor miss doctor uh, attorney whatever in your profession Everybody is not gifted as such. However, my thing is, when my clients come to me, mm -hmm. I first let them know that they are the captain of that ship. That's right. All I'm going to do is help educate them on that ship, mm -hmm. make sure they steer it in the right direction, uh, least there is an iceberg up ahead that uh -huh. they will hit if the first mate the the person in my position is not staring them right now uh -huh. if the doctor at to hand is taking care of that person and not giving them the proper information just kind of you know shading over what's going on in the body and treating the symptoms and the problem is still there, the iceberg up ahead, then, you know, you're going to hit that bad boy. If you're not asking the right questions, if you don't know where to go, 
what to do, what questions to ask, who to ask, and then given the right response, do the right thing. Education is the key. The bottom line to the education, the knowledge is no good if you do not apply it in terms of being a good student. Mm. That's significant. You have to be a good student in order to be to own your own body or else someone else will. Yeah, and that's what happens. I, I tell everybody that comes in, especially the younger people, mm-hmm. I say the warranty is up at 40 people. <laughs> the warranty is up at 40, and it's up to you at this point forward to take care of this body. I have a guy coming in now. I haven't seen him yet, but he takes no medication, but he also takes no supplements. He's 60 years old, and he thinks he's in the best shape ever. And Mm. I'm telling him, you may be in good shape, but it's not the best shape ever if you're not giving your body what it needs. Maintenance. You have to do the maintenance. And sometimes, well, after the age of 30, the human body ceases to make certain supplements that it's made all on its own all Mm -hmm. the way up to that point. And then Mm -hmm. it stops. And at the age of 40, eh, what did I just say? The warranty is up. And now the body is really on the down low. And if you're not doing what you need to do and getting the right guidance, finding out the right things for this body of yours, then, um, you know what, you can consider yourself on your way out and eventually set Mm -hmm. up, like I told Dr. Rab on his exodus to his show, uh, you will pay money to die. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. You know, going back to um, a part of the drama, I had, for the listeners to know this, I have been diagnosed with 28 disorders and diseases. And to look at me, you would never know it. They are usually surprised when I show up. Uh, for an appointment with different doctors of choice so that I can continue this research. This, by the way, is uh, a part of, like I said, what this book is all about that will not come out (laughs) this fall because of the continuation of things that occur. And one of the conditions is syncope, neurocardiogenetic syncope. And I know that's a tuxedo word, but it just break. There are different forms of syncope, and it's like having a seizure, but it's fainting. You just faint without notice. You can be eating, you can faint. You can be on the toilet, you can faint. And and it's very very precarious because you never know when it's going to happen. So because it is such an an unspoken disorder. Nobody knows how to treat it because of its intricacy and the complexity of it because it uh, connects the whole entire metabolic system and 
if one thing goes awry, it's a chain reaction. But also, everybody is um, different in the responses of it. I mean, it's not it's not so similar where you see everybody going through the exact same thing. Well, it is not a cookie a cookie cutter condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have, trust me, one pill that they give everybody. Yep, Ro. There you have it. They don't give it to me, okay? Mm-mm-mm. They do not give it to me. The only thing I take with 28 disorders, they couldn't believe this, 28 disorders, They, I only take one thing. And that was because my glucose level shot up over 600, well over 600, more like 1,000. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. A thousand? Not and live. That's that's right. The one doctor said to me, she says, I don't believe you. You walked in here. You're sitting upright and you're talking to me. She says, in my 17 years of working with diabetics, I have never seen this before. Now, and, and that's just with diabetes. I mean, with all these other... But again, I say, I, and I said to her, I do not have diabetes. They put on my file and is following me. I am a woman in denial. No, I'm a woman who wants to know answers. I, you can call me uh, insulin resistant. You can call me metabolically challenged, whatever. But I am not a diabetic. And guess what? Now they come out with autoimmune Type 3. That's just a basket for the unknown. (laughs) Throw it in the basket for the unknown. So I wasn't going to take any drugs. Finally, I said, okay, we've got to bring these uh, numbers down because... How long were you teetering up there at over, let's say, over 200? Oh, um, this started in 1999. You're talking years. That's right. Of teetering up there without taking any medication. Right. Okay, people are hearing this, Meta, for the first time. How anybody can be well over the number of of insulin resistant and not live. Mm -hmm. You don't live when you're you're doing it. But other things are breaking down and falling apart. It has to be. Oh, baby. But, you know, the reason why I am still living to tell the story, almost in my right mind, (laughs) (laughs) the body is starting to deteriorate. But here's the deal. I live, I I was eating to live. Exercise. Plenty of water. I mean, this was the nature of my living. But that's the nature of everybody's source of life if you do the right things your body your efforts are rewarded Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. body knows what to do if you stop thinking i i tell people all the time what is a thought i ask what is a thought can you eat it smell it can you screw it what is a thought it's energy and And if you 
if you took that thought out of the body and gave the body everything else it needed, it will exist. Mm -hmm. Every thought feeds a cell, and that's what we're made up of. Mm -hmm. And it moves the muscle. So when you stop thinking and you stop moving around and uh, drinking your water to make all of that energy synchronize itself, then you're going to be short-lived. But it is a, a blessing that, oh, oh, I have to tell this part of the story. When the doctor wanted to give me an insulin injection, they wanted to give me one unit. And I said, well, that won't work for me. And they said, well, according to da, 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 how do you measure this and how do you measure Finally, the doctor, I said, we'll do this. Make it amenable for you, for the both of us. I'm not going to go anywhere just by taking one. In other words, I won't die. I said, but I'm going to eat this little meal here, which was a soup and salad. And I'm going to show you just how this works. They gave me one unit. And then I had my meal. I said, please come back exactly on two hour schedule to take my glucose levels. They did, and it had gone from uh, 134 up to 260-something, 69. We have a caller. Caller, are you there? Yeah. Hi, Hi sweetie. Who's calling, and where are you calling from? Oh, this is Joe Helen Shoemate. I'm trying to reach Dr. Milligan. Oh, well, you've done dialed the wrong number. We are live on the radio, and that's where you are right now. Dr. Milligan is on the radio on Wednesdays? Uh, I'm not sure. Because this is the Inner Light Radio, yes, and this is India's. <laughs> oh, this is not okay. I thought okay. this was her cell phone number because okay. I think she's on Tuesdays. Okay, okay. thanks. Bye bye. Goodbye. All so, right. India, what happened yeah. was since she saw that I know my better body better than anyone else, she says to the nurse uh, in charge of the medication, she says, give her uh, what she needs. Whatever dosage she asked for, give it to her. The pharmacy came up, took the list of every supplement that I had on a paper, always carry it with me. And they didn't have any of the supplements in stock. So they would give me nothing. Absolutely. So how long, how long were you in the hospital? Uh, two days. Almost, almost a full second day, but not quite. But I had to get out of there because the food, the food didn't match with what I eat at home. So you I, escaped. I had to do the great escape. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't starving to death, but I had run out of, you know, so much you can do with the salad and, mm -hmm. and the uh, soup and God knows that soup. No. No, it, it wasn't homemade. They said it was Campbell's soup. Once they told me that, I stopped eating that. Mm. So uh, it was quite the interesting uh, 
experience. Adventure, experience. Yeah, and to know that I'm on the right track because they wanted to learn from me. Mm -hmm. And that's usually what happens. But there are still, uh, I keep going back to the, the average person who don't know and doesn't track everything that goes on with them that mm -hmm. can't remember uh, what supplements they took and ran out and cannot and don't know what side effects, whatever medications they're taking is causing. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and this is the education that the people need in order to save themselves from backing off of this planet because most people are backing out. They're not going face forward. The one thing I did ask you mm -hmm. when you did have that sinking episode, your body was really heavy and you just had dead weight going down and then you were out. I asked, what did that feel like? And you, you said it was like going to sleep. Oh, it was sweet. It was like a sweet surrender. Wow. You know, if I didn't wake up tomorrow, that is the way I want to go out. Just go to sleep. And most people are backing off the planet. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. sweet surrender is what we're designed to have. Not going out with all the bells and whistles and pounding and, and chopping and gnawing mm -hmm. on your body. It is not the way to go. I have a real quick uh, email that came in mm -hmm. from, from Kaya. says, hi, India. Did you, did you ever meet Dr. Sabi? Do you have any comments regarding his death being attributed to pneumonia? I just, um, one of those things, yes, I, I knew Dr. Sabi. His office is right around the corner from my studio. Uh, well aware that he was in custody when he passed on. And in custody, I still, it's kind of mysterious to me what happened to him. So I am not familiar with exactly what his diagnosis was to take him off the planet. I know he was very serious about life and living, but I also know that he had reached a age where, you know, a lot of people just leave planet Earth. I plan to be here till 103, still on the radio, still driving a red convertible, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't plan to back off planet Earth at all. But I, so, can, I will say to that comment that uh, pneumonia is a very complicated thing on on any level, at any age, any gender. Um, and especially, I understand he was uh, traveling, correct? And the changing of in the atmosphere of things can also induce pneumonia. So you just never know what the complexity of this was. If it was pneumonia. Right. Okay. Oh, Meta, you take my breath away, but uh, I'm glad you're still here. 
And I ask everyone to keep me in prayer because it's not over yet. Okay, it's not over <laughs> till it's over. That's right. And the fat lady, it's it's over when the fat lady sings. So, ladies and, and fat, gentlemen. And she doesn't even have a song uh, <laughs> at this point. We want to say it's been great to be with you again today. You can reach me at India's Healthy Living at yahoo.com. Where can we reach you, Meta? You can reach me at metanasa at hotmail.com. Until next week at this very same time, with love and great gratitude, ciao for now.